the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get it underway here uh, on a uh, Tuesday. Elizabeth was supposed to be here during the first hour. She's not going to be here. Had a little run-in with a, I don't know, if I guess you could say it was a feral cat. She's real big about taking care of cats in her neighborhood. Uh, they catch them, take them to the vet, and the vet neuters them so they don't make more feral cats. So uh, she was feeding one and to to catch it, and they got a hold of her and uh, and drew blood, and so she went to the uh, the doctor, and they put her on a a big dose of um, antibiotics, and then they gave her a tetanus shot, and she wasn't feeling one hundred percent this morning. Her hand had swollen up, so she'll join us again next Tuesday. She'll be back with us. Uh, second hour Bible guys will be here. Uh, got a couple of really good questions for them. Plus, we're going to be uh, joined from uh, uh, a guest from the Heritage Institute to talk about uh, this act being uh, passed in the uh, House. I'm trying to get my mind going here in the in the House, talking about. Uh, You know the whole thing about you you got to you got to treat everybody the same way. Doesn't matter who they are, what they do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so we're going to talk about that because this particular rule, one of the things that has let uh, you know the left get through with a lot of this is that they've uh, made sure that included in these these laws was protection for churches so that if let's say you had a religious school you don't believe in same-sex marriage uh, you don't have to teach it Uh, as far as uh, if you you know don't believe in you know uh, homosexuality you don't have to allow it and this and the reason that they've been protected is because of the RIFRAs the uh, religious uh, freedom laws that uh, we have here in this country. And now this piece of legislation is not under RIFRA guidance. So uh, while the the Bible guys were here, I wanted this guy to come on from the Heritage Foundation, Mr. Eckert, to come on and talk about it and let him answer any questions they might have about it so that you and them and everybody will be, you know, up to date exactly on what this piece of legislation is is out to do. 
with that said, this all goes hand, you know, in glove with, uh, you know, things like cancel culture. And I'm sure many of you are aware of Gina Carano, the MMA uh, uh, boxer, wrestler, uh, you know, octagon participant who was just fired from uh, Disney and the Mandalorian because of her political views. She's too conservative. And she actually came out and said she was conservative and uh, in effect said that the left, the people who are, you know, saying that you can't do this in a book, you can't do this uh, in a in a movie, uh, a person can't say this because they they believe it uh, should be censored. She says there's that that happened before, and uh, it w- it was called Nazism, and oh the left went crazy. Somebody would actually call them Nazis, even though they act like Nazis a lot of times. Uh, with Black Lives Matter and and uh, Tifa and all the rest, and Tifa who says they're anti-Nazi but use anti or use Nazi techniques. Uh, so anyway, people on the left now are starting to pay attention because suddenly some people on the left have been canceled. All right, you shouldn't be able to be in this movie. I mean, look, uh, what's the lady's name that plays uh, Wonder Woman? Um, I'm trying to think, the Israeli actress. Uh, uh, they are trying to cancel her out, the left is, because her next role is to play Cleopatra. And they said that she can't play Cleopatra because she's Israeli. I want you to think about that for a moment. But that's what the this is the stuff that the left believes. So Bill Maher, who, you know, Bill Maher and I agree the same way broken clocks agree. We strike the right temp, uh, you know time twice a day. Um, he came out and defended Gina Carano. And he, uh, let me just go through this story. He is the comedian and host of HBO's Real Time. And he concluded his show Friday evening, issuing a, a, st- a defense of recently canceled Disney Plus star Gina Carano. Maurer said that liberals need a, quote, stand your ground law for cancel culture and should stop apologizing. My reference polls that allegedly state 62% of Americans are afraid to share their political beliefs. But an even larger number, 80%, think that political correctness is a problem. Well, I'm one of that 80%. I think it's probably higher than that. Meyer said, uh, everybody hates it and no one st- stands up to it because a small group of people can cancel you. And they can cancel you for anything, literally anything. Meyer said, it's always the safe thing to swallow what you really think and just join the mob. Meyer said that cancel culture is real, it's insane, and it's growing exponentially, and it's coming to a neighborhood near you. He said, if you think it's just for celebrities, no. In an era when everyone is online, Everyone is a public figure. It's like we're all trapped in the hills have eyes. 
and Wi-Fi. He'll have eyes, uh, an old science fiction movie from the 70s. And uh, if you've ever watched it, it was about a bunch of crazy mutants out in the desert. They were trying to kill a family who was out there camping. Is this really who we want to become? A society of phony, clenched a-holes, avatars, walking on eggshells. Always looking over your shoulder about getting ratted out for something that actually has nothing to do with your character or your morals. Think about everything you've ever texted, emailed, searched for, tweeted, blogged, or even said in just passing, or now even just witnessed. Someone had a Confederate flag in their dorm room in 1990 and you didn't do anything? You laughed at a Woody Allen movie? Mahler mentioned recent cancellations from the woke culture mob on the left, including Gina Carano and Chris Harrison, host of The Bachelor. Carano was fired from the hit Disney show, The Mandalorian, earlier this month after tweeting a Holocaust comparison that was deemed anti-Semitic and offensive by the Hollywood left. Disney Plus had reportedly been looking to fire uh, Carano for some time due to her conservative views. Carano recently partnered with the Daily Wire, uh, where I got this story, by the way, and signed on to star in an upcoming film. And she appeared on Ben Shapiro's Sunday special show to discuss how she was treated in the Hollywood culture. Mayor stated this, Carano made some Nazi analogy, and who doesn't these days? You're like the Nazis is the new, I don't like you. It's always, okay, when Trump's the Nazi. By the way, you can't work in Hollywood if you don't believe what we believe. Yeah, in the 50s, that's, uh, that's exactly what the left complained they were being told. You know, McCarthyism, all of that. If you haven't read about it, you should do a little Google search and read up on it. Regarding Chris Harrison stepping away from The Bachelor and apologizing for his insensitivity regarding alleged racist actions of one of the contestants, Mayor said, oh, good, because all my life I've looked up to the host of the, you know, F a stranger show. I got I to gotta agree, I don't understand The Bachelor. And if I thought I couldn't count on The Bachelor for moral guidance, I don't know if I could go on. He continued, mature people understand humans are continually evolving as opposed to Wokeville, where they're always shocked we didn't emerge enlightened from the primordial ooze. He also went after the recent outrage over the legacy of Abraham Lincoln in places like San Francisco and yes, even Illinois. Yes, he said, the land of Lincoln might cancel Lincoln. Mayor wrapped up the show saying, memo to social justice warriors. When what you're doing sounds like an onion headline, stop. Couldn't agree with him more on everything he's just said. Be honest with you. And believe me, me and Meyer do not see politically even close to eye to eye except on this and that is you're right you have a right to your opinions 
you have a right to say what you want to say. Uh, other people don't have the right to try to just cancel you out or big tech companies don't have the right to just take you off their sites. Hey, don't forget about uh, when you're trying to sell your home that you want to have the best taking care of it. That's why I always talk to you about Dustin Turner. Dustin Turner knows what he's doing when it comes to selling your home. Let me give you a, you know, a story here. Randall and Loretta owned a beautiful home in Chenal Valley. And after listing with another agent for six months with zero prospects, they reached out to Dustin Turner. See, that, that's what I always hear from friends and I hear from listeners is how do you know that the person that you're, you're you know, signing on with will get the job done? Do they really know what they're doing? Well, I'm going to give you a heads up here and I'm going to give you, you know, a hand up. And that is I can tell you Dustin Turner knows these things and he can help you. Well, that one call that uh, Randall and Loretta made changed everything dustin shared a marketing plan that would help them sell their home and in just a few weeks the home was sold for top dollar randall and loretta didn't get lucky they got dustin turner now you can get dustin turner too or you can go out into the wasteland that is realty and just put your uh, you know take your your smartphone and say realtors and say cabot where i live and you know, 30, 40 realtors to come up and you can just pick one. I'm telling you, Dustin Turner's the way to go. Because with his home team brokered by EXP Realty, he can get the job done. The phone number is 501-952-2969. 501-952-2969. Or you can reach him at hometeamsoldit.com. That's home team sold it. Dot com. You know, I'm going to use Dustin Turner. Not right now. I've still got about a year before I want to sell my house. But when I get ready to sell it, I'll be calling Dustin Turner just like I'm telling you to because he's the guy that can sell your home. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick show on a Tuesday. If you're wondering where Elizabeth is, she was scratched by a feral cat yesterday. Her hand swelled up real bad. She went into the doctor. Doctor gave her a whole bunch of antibiotics, which tends to make her stomach upset, and then gave her a tetanus shot. So she's not feeling 100% this morning. And so I told her, you don't have to come on. It's okay. You know, catch, cat scratch fever is a great song, but yeah. it's not something you actually want in real yeah, she life. She sent me a picture. This cat did a job on her. Really Goodness. did. You know. You, in a moment, a cat can start at your fingertips and be up on your shoulder in no time and drawing blood with every time that it's grabbing hold of you. And this is this is one of those no good deed goes unpunished. Because what she does is that she captures, she traps uh, these uh, these cats and in cages that, you know, the door drops down and so they're they're there and they're not hurt. And then she takes it to the vet, and she has the uh, the cat, to, you know, taken care of so it can't have kittens again. And that's a good thing. I wish people would not just take their animals and l- let them run crazy in the wild. 
we had a problem a couple of years ago out where I live in Cabot with packs of uh, dogs. And uh, these are dogs that, you know, they're just doing what they got to do to stay alive, basically. And people aren't keeping them uh, in their house or keeping them in on their property. They just let the dog out the front door and let him run or or it, he, she run across and, you know, everywhere in everybody's neighbor in the neighborhood. And uh, yeah, I take, uh, I take, uh, you know, real uh, umbrage to that. In fact, in my own neighborhood, uh, there was a pit bull that was allowed to run and it was challenging a young uh, kid and one of uh, my neighbors, a couple of houses down, shot the dog. They they taught they they took it as a threat to their children, and r- rightly so. The dog would you know it was one of those dogs that would come right up on you, barking and stuff, get real close to you, snarling and stuff. And you don't know what a dog like that's going to do. You don't have a clue. So if you know you happen to be carrying a handgun, I can understand somebody taking a shot at it and uh this guy got in all kinds uh, of trouble about it uh some other neighbors thought that was the wrong way to to respond and and this guy found himself in court and uh you know he was exonerated but still still ridiculous you shouldn't let your dog or your cat or whatever kind of i mean even your parakeet, okay? Shouldn't be letting your parakeet roam free. And you never know. Might just dive down at somebody and get in their hair and screw up a hairdo or something. So, uh, yeah, just keep that in mind. Okay, please keep that in mind. And do more of us should do what Elizabeth does, which is have them spayed, and then we don't have to worry about them having more dogs or more cats. Well, the Minneapolis courthouse, that's going to be the uh, place where the trial about the killing of George Floyd uh, is held. By the way, you do know that uh, that happened back in May of last year, May 25th of last year. And uh, he's been, that's been, they've turned their courthouse there in Minneapolis into a verifiable fortress. Uh, this is what news reports are saying. Jury selection begins on March the 8th for the trial. If I just think for a moment, March the 8th will be Monday. And uh, ex-police officer Derek Chauvin is charged with murdering Floyd. Uh, the Minneapolis Post reported that the Hennepin County District Court has been ringed with concrete barriers security fencing and barbed wire kind of sounds like the nation's capital just saying uh this is in addition to increased security in the area including uh, the minneapolis police Hennepin county sheriff's deputies minnesota state troopers and the national guard it is <laughs> it is it is a congress it is the capital isn't it um We are not going to be caught flat-footed, Minnesota Public Safety Commissioner John Harrington told KTTC-TV earlier this month. The Post reported that Minneapolis authorities, quote, have been hatching security plans for the trial since July when outrage over Floyd's death on May 25th while in police custody 
sparked massive protests worldwide. Protests and riots, by the way. Okay. I will make a, a division there. There were some really simple protests, but then there, when you start burning buildings down and stuff, that's not a protest. That's a riot. There's going to be very high emotion on all sides of this, and we got to be prepared. Uh, Chauvin is charged with killing Floyd by pressing his knee on Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes, despite his repeated pleas that he couldn't breathe. Floyd became a rallying cry against police brutality worldwide. Fry said as many as 3,000 law enforcement personnel could be deployed, including city, county, and state police, before the case goes to a jury. The uh, rallying cry against police brutality resulted in numerous deaths, including of retired police captain David Dorn, and a cost reported billions in damage to personnel and city property. So there you have it. That's what's going on as far as uh, that's concerned in Minneapolis, and it all gets underway on Monday. That's when jury selection uh, will begin. All right, let's get to the news. We get, we get done. We'll come back. we got more to talk about. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up at uh, 7.05, the Bible guys will be here. 7.35, Jared Eckert will join us. He is a research assistant at the Heritage Foundation, and uh, he's going to talk about this new uh, act that uh, they're pa- – well, they have passed it through the House, getting over to the Senate now, dealing with uh, – you know, making uh, sex, uh, you know, or sexual orientation uh, an express part of our Civil Rights Act. And we want to talk about that uh, because a lot of people don't realize that where other other bills, other acts all come under RIFRA, which is the Religious Freedom Act uh, that allows churches to believe what they want to believe, teach what they want to teach about uh, issues. Uh doesn't fall under this and i want someone to come on and talk about it and uh, explain to us uh are our religious institutions safe from um, you know being told you must do this and you must do that uh, i i have to tell you that i i i think that uh, just recently one of the big adoption agencies who when some when a same sex couple came a religious group when a same sex uh, sex couple would come and would want to adopt through them they would say we're not the ones that you want to deal with uh, here are some groups that deal with same sex adoptions we don't do that and just r- the other day and I think it has to do with this particular act uh, they came out and said well in certain instances. Uh, we'll deal with this. So uh, this this is a uh, a methodology of forcing people uh, to and, and religious institutions at that to you know bow the knee and kiss the ring, so to speak, of uh, you know governmental groups and entities. Well, the Supreme Court did give a big win for religious freedom here just recently uh, on Friday. In fact, I hadn't heard about this until this morning. In fact, that tells me that the media didn't cover it at all. And and that includes Fox. Fox was 
you know, enamored with what was going on at CPAC, and I understand that. But this is a huge, huge decision. Uh, the Supreme Court issued a ruling on religious freedom that uh, was another blow to California Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom. Now, he's facing a recall effort, and it looks like it's going to end up, you know, making a, a, a run for his office here in the near future. The court ordered Santa Clara County to allow churches to hold indoor worship services. They were told they had to stop because, you know, COVID-19. Last week, uh, five churches in the county challenged the county's public health orders, which ban indoor church services, asking the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals for an emergency. Yeah, and I, I threw in the circus thing, uh, Ninth Circuit, uh, for an emergency stay. When that effort failed, which they knew it would fail, uh, the churches applied for an emergency writ of injunction with the Supreme Court, and they sent it to Elena Kagan. She's assigned uh, the West Coast for emergency motions. She showed uh, she told the county to issue a response and referred the case to the Supreme Court. The churches pointed to the Supreme Court's recent rulings in two cases. One lifting New York's COVID-related limits on attendance at worship services. And the other granting requests by Southern California churches to resume indoor worship services. To support their contention that the Santa Clara County order must also fall. The justices ruled the county's restrictions should be put on hold until the appeals process was over. And here's what they had to say, the Supreme Court. The application for injunctive relief presented to Justice Kagan and by her referred to the court is granted pending disposition of the appeal in the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit and disposition of the petition for a writ of certiorari, uh, I guess. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced or not. I haven't taken Latin in years. Can't help you. Uh, if such writ is timely sought, the Ninth Circuit's failure to grant relief was erroneous. This outcome is clearly dictated by this court's decision in South Bay United Pentecostal Church versus Newsom. Nebraska GOP Senator Ben Sass responded to the ruling asserting, quote, Gavin Newsom can get a reservation at the French Laundry, but he can't rewrite the First Amendment. States that intentionally target religious liberty have been slapped down by the courts again and again. The message is clear. This pandemic doesn't rewrite the Constitution. In February, the court ruled for South Bay United Pentecostal Church of San Diego after lower courts had ruled that California's restrictions on worship, singing, and chanting in churches appeared to be legally justified. That was reported by the Los Angeles Times. Under California's blueprint for reopening counties in the purple tier status, cannot hold indoor church service. According to state data, more than 40 million people live in purple tier counties. Under the court decision, California can limit church capacity 
at up to 25%. However, within the court's majority, the justices differed as to the extent California appears to have discriminated against houses of worship. Justice Gorsuch and Thomas argued in a concurring opinion that the 25% threshold should be scrapped as well, along with the limits on singing. Justice Alito argued for giving the state 30 days to prove such restrictions are necessary, and if they couldn't, the attendance and singing restrictions would be dropped entirely. So uh, there's still more to come on this, but uh, churches are standing up, and the courts, thank God, are standing up for these folks as well so that, uh, you know, they can uh, they can meet and they can worship together. It's up to them, I would think. It's not up to... to um, you know, some bureaucrat somewhere with a bad hairdo and a, and a really terrible comb over, just so you know. Uh, when we come back, I'll talk a little bit about what Senator Warren is up to. Uh, spending a little time today talking about uh, national politics. I like to talk about local, but things are kind of quiet right now. They will pick up a little later on this week. I'm telling you that. There's some things. There's storm clouds forming on the horizon. It's like in a movie. You know, when you're watching a movie and bad things are coming and they show the storm clouds rolling in real fast, well, that's that's happening in the, the state legislature. There's some there's some fights that are, are going to uh, to happen as far as that's concerned. But we'll be back. We'll talk about uh, Como here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. He honestly might get impeached. Something that we'll talk about uh, as as well. All right. Looking at the time right now, we're looking at uh, six forty three. Let's go ahead and get our break in, and then we'll uh, take a take a time to get to our other stories this morning. Hey, PI Roofing wants you to know that. Uh, when it comes to your roof, they're the specialist. You know, when you go when you go to the doctor, you go to first you go to the doctor, and he's just a general practitioner, and maybe he notices there's something wrong, and so he's got people that he can send you to that have specialties, and they can deal with you with those specialties. Maybe it's something with your back, or maybe you're having problems with your breathing, or or whatever. Or maybe you discovered a lump and you need to go in and get an x-ray or, or whatever. But here's here's the bottom line. That's the way, you know, PI roofing is. When you first call them, they're your general practitioner. They're going to come out and just look at your roof, make sure things are okay. But if they're not, if they start walking on your roof and they hit areas that are spongy or they look and they say cracks around the uh, uh, material they use around your vents and things to keep water uh, from getting into your house, then they turn it over to their crews, the specialists, when you give them the okay. Because you got to give okay to a doctor to treat you, right? Yeah, you say okay to get uh, PI roofing to treat your roof. And then uh, they'll do it. And uh, they'll make it well. That's trying to make this as easy as possible. They'll make your roof 100%. All you got to do is call them. 707-3551. This is the same number I use 
when I call PI Roofing, and I call them quite often, uh, one, to talk to the owners, and number two, uh, I've had some work done. I've had my roof replaced, and it's PI Roofing that I've used, and I'll continue to use. I think that probably this year may be another year that it's time to to re- replace my roof. Hopefully, it will be the last time that I have to replace the roof. But just keep that in mind. Uh, when you need somebody to take care of your roof, it's PI Roofing. That's 707-3551. Or if you just want a real easy way to remember it, think about their website, piroofing.com. Okay, last segment for this first hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible guys are tuning up down in the break room right now. They'll be with us here shortly. And uh, Scott will be here along with Steve and Billy and they got a couple of good questions to start off the show with. And then we've got a special guest from the Heritage Foundation uh, that's going to be uh, talking with us as well. So yesterday, Senator Warren of Massachusetts proposed a new tax bill alongside Washington representative, now Washington, D.C., Washington State uh, Rep. Uh, Pramilia Jayapal, and uh, Pennsylvania Representative Brendan Boyle that would reportedly place a tax on ultra-millionaire net worth and households. The legislation is co-sponsored by Senator Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist. Uh, He's an independent, as you know, from Vermont, among others, and has similarities to Warren's plans that she laid out in the 2019 Democratic primary. CNN is reporting taxing the rich served as a primary way for Warren and Sanders to uh, fund their plans to expand health coverage, child care, and um, every other proposal that they came up with when they were vying for the primary nomination. I mean, we heard it all the time from Warren. We're going to take care of child care this way. We can take care of our schools this way. And it was always, we're going to tax the rich and take that money and and put it into programs. The tax reportedly places a 2% yearly tax on the net worth of households and trusts above $50 million. And household and trusts that have a net worth over $1 billion would have to pay another 1% annual surtax. And this would leave billionaires with a total tax of 3%. Okay, so... First of all, I'm just going to say that most people, when they hear, oh, well, they make above $50 million or they make over a billion, what do they care if they're paying an extra 3%? And I understand that, that thought process. You know, most of us are out scratching, trying to make a living day to day. And, uh, you know, we, we are bombarded with taxes left and right, uh, those that are seen and those that are hidden. Uh, and uh, because of that, you know, we feel, many people feel, that if you make a buttload of money, then you should have to pay more. Now, do you live by principle or don't you? That's the question about this do you live by you know principle of saying yeah i i think that 
just because you make additional monies doesn't mean that you should be, you know, inordinately taxed for more. I mean, this this adds up to some some real dollars. Jeff Bezos, who's considered the world's richest person, would have an extra tax charge of at least five point four billion dollars in uh, twenty twenty one, while uh, Elon Musk would pay $5.2 billion, according to uh, Bloomberg. They did an analysis of this. The measure would cost Bill Gates an additional $4 billion, and Mark Zuckerberg would have to fork over $2.9 billion to cover the tax. Now, Senator Warren released a statement about the bill saying this, quote, the ultra-rich and powerful have rigged the rules in their favor so much that the top one-tenth of a percent pay a lower effective tax rate than the bottom 99%. I've heard that before. I've seen other sides of the argument that say it's not true. And billionaire wealth is 40% higher than before the COVID crisis began. A wealth tax is popular among voters on both sides for good reason because they understand the system is rigged for benefit and to benefit the wealthy and large corporations. As Congress develops additional plans to help our economy, the wealth tax should be at the top of the list to help pay for these plans because of the huge amounts of revenue it would generate. This is money that should be invested in child care, early education, K-12 infrastructure, all of which are priorities to President Biden and Democrats in Congress. I'm confident lawmakers will catch up to the overwhelming majority of Americans who are demanding more fairness, more change, and and who believe it's time for a wealth tax. This would uh, affect approximately 100,000 American families uh, to pay this extra tax, and it would reportedly, reportedly, again, provide around $3 trillion over 10 years. So what are they going to do with that $3 trillion? They're going to get out and they're going to spend it. That amount of money, they'll spend it. They're spending it right now. Look, they're getting ready to pass a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill that has nothing to do basically with COVID-19. So they're going to do that. So they would be, let's say you had this $10 trillion, you'd be eating into that, and you got all kinds of other programs that would be eating into that. And when that money would be used up and you needed no, more money, they'd, they'd raise taxes. And don't think they're not going to raise taxes on you. That's going to happen. Uh, this year, I'm paying, you know, a large chunk of cash to the uh, – the federal government, uh, because I get my Social Security. Doesn't matter I still work and pay Social Security. Doesn't matter that I paid Social Security tax to finance the Social Security system. They count that as total income, and it puts me in a different tax bracket. Because I continue to work doing this job. And because of that, I end up having to pay an inordinate amount of federal tax. 
Now, the state doesn't tax Social Security. So I actually get a little bit back from the state. So let's let's be honest here. They they screw everybody. <laughs> that's that's what they do. They screw everybody. You know, they take money from you, they take money from me, uh, they take money from your next door neighbor, they take money from everybody. And uh, say that's okay because it's for the common good. You know, when you look at what they spend the money on, and if you, you know, you need, this is where you got to do a little bit of homework. You sit down, you read, you find out where a lot of this money goes to. And uh, you'll find that they waste a lot of money. I mean, the, the last COVID-19 relief bill, the money as it was put out, they lost billions upon billions of dollars because they gave it to people who shouldn't have been getting it. I want to see if they can go back and get it back. I don't think that's going to happen. Doubt it will happen at all. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, it's amazing what they can do, you know, in giving away our money. And you're giving that money to them through when you go out and buy goods and services because if they charge the uh, corporations taxes on goods and services, they will pass that on to you. Uh, Have you checked your uh, cell phone bill lately and looked at all the taxes that are on your cell phone bill? Take a look at that. Look at your car. All the taxes there. There are taxes upon taxes upon taxes and oh by the way don't be taken don't be taken when they use the word fee because that's just another way for them to spell t-a-x just so you'll know not saying that some taxes aren't necessary but trillions of dollars every year i don't think so let's get a break in we've got the uh, the bible guys coming up get them all situated here in the studio we got some good questions for them and we've got a special guest uh, jared eckert from the heritage foundation and we'll talk about the equality act that's coming up on the dave ellswick show If you've been around Christian music very long, you know this piece of music. Yeah, I mean, Carmen was fantastic. He was. I I interviewed him back in the 80s when oh, he was really? at the height of his, his popularity. 
And uh, for you who don't know, he passed away last week. Mm-hmm. He had a real battle with cancer. Oh, yeah. And uh, was delivered from it. Mm-hmm. Completely clean yep. of, of cancer. And uh, I haven't heard what uh, brought about his demise. I didn't. Do you know what his cause of death was? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's bizarre. He, um, he went in, he had had a hernia. Uh, had an operation on it, and then, but he had some reoccurring problems, so he went back in for a repair, a inguinal hernia or something like that, a repair for that. Yeah. And uh, while he was uh, being uh, worked on as the repair, something happened during the surgery, and he died from that. Oh my! Yeah. Mm. If you can imagine that, I mean, something as innocuous as just a hernia repair. What do we always say? Is when it is your time, mm-hmm. it is your not time. Promise tomorrow. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. You just, just not. And that's something that we all need to seriously uh, uh, keep in mind. But you know, he he did a lot of great stuff. I yeah. mean, he was one of the first Christian artists that really understood how to use video along with his music. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he had these great stories. That was the whole thing. He was a storyteller in music and song. It was great. Yeah. And his concert. Have you ever, did you ever have the chance to see him in concert? No. Unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had. He just had that charisma. Mm-hmm. He, he brought. <laughs> some people don't say, Dave, I can't believe you say. But he brought Vegas to Christian music. Mm. <laughs> That's what he did. He really did. He, he brought a Vegas show to Christian music. Man. And it was great stuff. It was really, really good. I, uh, I had a chance to host him at our at our church uh, shortly after I became the pastor, and we passed on that just because I don't remember now why. But uh, obviously now after this, you certainly regret that. Man, do you you would have had to turn people away? Yeah, for sure. For karma, because yeah. you know he he got sick and then he got he got healed again mm-hmm. and then he he came back mm-hmm. and everybody said nobody's even going to remember you, man, because he came back and. You know, 21st century, basically. Yeah. And everybody remembered yeah, him, yeah. you know, because he was that good. He was great. He was fantastic. He really, was really good. I've had the luck to talk to a lot of really good Christian artists. Yeah. Um, I talked to Amy Grant before, just yeah. before she released Age to Age. And, oh, wow. Uh, Michael W. Smith was the opening act for her, so I went ahead and did an interview with him. Oh, wow. And, and Friends became a huge song. Uh, just a few months later. And, and what I did is I interviewed these people, and then we did our shows, and we shipped them out overseas for Armed Forces Radio. Wow. So that uh, I was lucky to get in and talk to them. Did you ever get to meet uh, Steve, uh, my, um, Steve Keith, Green. Keith Green? Keith Green. I have met Keith Green. Really? Yeah. yeah. Something special about that guy. Yeah, but what a life cut short, though. Yeah, well, he was. But yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. here's a guy that when. You know, when I think about how the people, uh, the children in Israel thought about Moses, that's kind of how Keith Green was. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was that way. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was unrelenting. Mm-hmm. He believed in the principles of Scripture, and he stuck to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Did you see, get to see any of those? Have you ever seen, did you ever get to see Petra, Steve? No. Well, you, were, you weren't a believer at no, that I time. I didn't become a believer until 96. I listened to some of that stuff, um, but I just wasn't a big fan of that kind of... I, 80s Christian music is... Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. You didn't listen to the good stuff. Yeah, no. You didn't listen to the resurrection, Don't man. listen I, to Steve. He's I only an, been up since 2 o'clock. I've had so enough cheese on my sandwiches. I didn't oh, know. it wasn't gosh. any cheese in those guys. 
<laughs> now I'm going to agree. There were some groups yeah, that was that because they called them you know Christian yeah. contemporary. Right. They they were out in front of the public and yeah. they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Not saying that they were they were bad, but yeah. they to say they they were about as deep as a puddle. No, is probably I've got right. I've got I've got some cassettes in my uh, storage bins there from. Some of that stuff. Play, like who? Who? Do, come on, name remember. a group. I don't remember them. I just remember some of the like when you mentioned Michael W. Smith and. Um, oh, he's great. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't remember. I just remember I had some of them. Oh, I'm but, a huge. I'm. I'll oh, tell jars you, of clay and. Okay, of, those are nineties right. guys. Yeah. They're all right. Yeah. I, I like. I liked. Uh, what was the group name? A servant. But hmm. servant wasn't theologically deep, and that was right. one of the problems early on mm-hmm. with Christian contemporary music is they. You know, it wasn't anything to cut your teeth on. Yeah, yeah. You know, as far as that unfortunately, was that shifted to the pulpits now. No, it yeah, well, yeah. I won't say that that's not true. Yeah. All right, you guys ready for your first question? Let's do it. Okay, because we got to get those because we got special guests today. Uh, here's the question: I was wondering what true repentance looks like. I read that the religious people were told to bring forth fruits of repentance, but what does that mean? Many people today merely pray a prayer and then go their way. It just seems something is missing. I would appreciate your thoughts. And uh, that's a good, that's a really, really, really good question because Mm. is it just feeling bad for a moment Mm. and saying, you know, Jesus, I'll do better? Or what is it? Depends on what you did. All right. Because um, the Bible talks about um, uh, godly sorrow uh, in an event. Uh, repentance is what John the Baptist was preaching. Repentance was the first word out of Jesus's mouth when he came down from the mountain from fasting. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. Repentance is the message. Today, the message is just believe. And we have removed repentance, whether repentance was um, a precursor to believing or once you come to accept and see who he is, repentance is a necessary component. And bearing fruits of that is, did you change? Uh, and if you did somebody wrong, did you go and make right? That's what that. That's what I believe that means is by bearing fruits is you're actually different. Yeah. And if you've truly repented, then it doesn't mean that there's not an occasional stumble or struggle or a wrestling with the flesh like Romans 7 talks about. But is there a genuine change in somebody? And you can see it. You don't have to be told that they apologize. You can see it. That's yeah. how I see repentance. Biblically. Yeah. yeah. The um the Hebrew word for repentance is is called um, teshuvah, and it has the word shuv in it, which means to to turn. Uh, so, but I think that most in most modern, at least Greek thinking uh, Christianity, which is basically repentance, is basically stop doing mm-hmm. what's wrong, to stop it, uh, and be sorry for it. But in Hebrew, and I have to remember that when John was preaching, he wasn't he wasn't preaching a Greek. Uh, gospel and he wasn't preaching preaching from a greek perspective he wasn't an evangelical pastor uh, so he preaches about repentance and in hebrew the way way you repent is you stop doing what's wrong but you turn and then you start doing what's right it's a very action oriented word it's a verb mm-hmm. it's not a noun and um, if you read the story when john says that in matthew he's preaching it in luke's version it's a little bit more detailed because in luke John has three groups of people that come to him and say, how do I do that? And then what he describes is mm-hmm. he describes them an action, mm-hmm. and that action is doing the opposite of what you were doing. So if you, you know, if you truly are repentant of something, 
it's not just okay i'm not going to uh uh, you know do x anymore i'm actually going to stop doing x and i'm going to start doing y i'm going to begin to reverse um what i've done so really the fruits of repentance as as pastor steve said the fruits of repentance are um the actions that deal with the opposite of what you were doing wrong in the first place so that's okay. a, that's you know it's it's not just be, you know you hear all these people especially a lot of politicians they get caught doing something mm-hmm. and they say oh well i i apologize and then they go back behind the in the you know in the in the back room my and favorite just is keep doing i misspoke the, i misspoke yeah, yeah. no yeah. no you lied yeah, you is lied. what you did and then if you're really sorry then you're actually going to put things in place that reverse the uh, the damage that you've done so Fruit means something, and it doesn't just mean saying you're sorry. It means fixing the, fixing the problem. Repentance is lost from yeah. the gospel today. We don't preach that people need to repent before God for the things that we're doing. We just preach mainly today, just believe that Jesus died for your sins without this godly sorrow, godly conviction, and a sincere desire to change and not be the man or woman that we were prior to that encounter. And Repentance needs to come back to the the gospel absolutely yeah so that 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 would be that would be um what it looks like and as steve said it depends on what you um on what you've done there's different um sure there's different different types of sin different types of repentance but it does in essence mean um starting to do something opposite of what you've done before okay so let, forth let me let me stretch this out a little bit as far as repentance goes i did something back in college all right that i know was totally unchristian and it was to a person uh, i've been trying to find that person for years mm. so that i can apologize and and tell them that i was wrong in what i did and and i just want to let them know that i understood what i did was wrong and in my mind and this may be satan working i don't know i got this this thing going about it screwed up their life somehow and mm-hmm. you know and, and you know here's my thought I, probably in reality they've never given it a second thought right all that much maybe for a few weeks but after that not anymore but still inside me mm-hmm. in those quiet times that i have uh that comes back to me yeah now i've asked for forgiveness and i know i've been given forgiveness mm-hmm. but will you talk about making good mm-hmm. on talking to that person i haven't been able to do that and i i i have contacted myriads of people because i can't even remember their name all right yeah all right so i'm trying to figure out who it was and mm-hmm. and and get a hold of this person it's actually why restoration is very important because even though in your heart and in um your mind you're sorry for what you did but then restoration also doesn't give a place for the enemy to coo- to come in and continue the beatdown, yeah. if you will. Because that's what's happening. Condemnation, yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. And and that's not of God. I know no. that that's not no. of God. No. Uh, but still, I I keep trying. Yeah, I, I want to find that person. Well, I, I would I would encourage you just to lift up to the Lord and say, Father, you know my heart's desire. Please bring this person back across my uh, my path, and then. Leave it in the hands of God to to do that. And if you have a prompting to call somebody, then then follow through with that. But I think that your the Lord knows your heart, and He knows your sincerity. But for people who have the ability to communicate with the people they've done wrong, as Pastor Steve said, do it because it keeps the enemy from being able to just beat you senseless, you know, year after year. 
um, you know, the, there is two types of sin in the Bible. There's a sin against God, but there's also a sin against people. You remember the story of the prodigal son when he comes back and he tells the father, he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven. That's a euphemism for God. And I've sinned against you. So there is a sin against people, and um, there is a there is a going to people and asking for forgiveness, and then making restitution. That's why the Bible says if you if if you steal something, the Bible says then you're going to return to that person sevenfold what you took for them. There's that idea of restitution: mm-hmm. stop doing wrong, start doing right, and overdo it to show your uh, sincere fruits uh, repentance. All right, we got to get a break in first break of uh, this hour. We'll be back in just a moment. Let me remind you by, about St. Clarity uh, Residential Cleaning. They will do a deep cleaning of your house. It is fantastic what they do. Uh, I'm going to save you some money, 50%. Typically, it's a hundred, or pardon me, it's uh, $200 to get a house that's 1,500 square foot deep cleaned. I can get you a certificate for 100 bucks that gets that clean done for you at your house. Now, if you have a house that's between fifteen hundred and twenty five hundred, it's typically three hundred dollars. I'll get it for you for a hundred and fifty dollars. All you got to do is call four zero four sixty five sixty and talk uh, to uh, Chuck here at the station. Do that after nine o'clock, and he'll sh- he's going to sell you one of these, and then they'll come out, and you're going to be amazed at the checklist that they got that they go over with you so they can get your house clean the way you want it. That's St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. Get 50% off by calling 404-6560 and talking to Chuck right after 9 o'clock. All right, back with you. Willie's on the phone. Let's get Willie up here. He's got a question. Go ahead, Willie. Yeah, I asked my question. Hang up. Okay. Did the, did the walls of Jericho really come tumbling down? Okay, that's a good question. Uh, you know, is a is the Bible true? Because that's kind of what you're asking. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, they did. Um, as a matter of fact, I've been there myself, and um, the Bible says that the walls uh, went down flat, and then it says that then the people ran into the city. I think in our mind, we think when we say the walls fell down flat, they just kind of fell over like. Uh, um, you know, like a tree falling, or just like a tree falling over. But actually, if you go there, you find out that what happened is that the walls went straight into the ground. Um, it's quite amazing. You you stand there at Jericho, and the top of the wall is now flush with the ground. So apparently, what happened is probably an earth. God caused an earthquake, and those walls went down straight into the ground mm-hmm. and they were able to walk across almost on level on level ground so mm-hmm. the answer is yes most definitely well the, the walls did go down and when scripture says they went down flat <laughs> it, it, it it's describing what happened haven't there been archaeological digs mm-hmm. there that proves that they fell flat yeah because you can actually uh they've dug it out the center so you can actually walk down I mean, I know that in archaeology you, you dig, you know, to get down to certain levels, but uh, Israel's a little bit uh, different situation. But nonetheless, it's the same effect. But yeah, you have to actually walk physically down into the earth to get into the uh, the city itself. I would love to see that. Yeah, I got to go to Israel. Yeah. I got to get over right there. right now. It's it's in it's in uh, Jericho is a is a Palestinian city, so you can't get to it. So you can, but you know, you just have to, you know, you just have to use. 
you know common sense precautions and take people with you and you know that type of thing but yeah you can go see it um and um and, and there's a lot of really sweet people you know uh, you know, there as well, but you just have to be. You mean I shouldn't watchful. wear my sweatshirt that looks like a Crusader's cross? Probably not. Okay, mm-hmm. I won't Probably do that not. then. All right, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay, of course he is. This is my my form of humor. Uh, All right, dear Mister Ellswick and Bible guys. Uh, All right. Mm-hmm. I hope you can get to my question for the Bible guys today. I'd like to know their thoughts on the current abortion bill ban. Now in the Arkansas House Committee, do they support it? And if so, how do we speak with people who think it is a right to abort? Even many Christians, not to mention Jews, feel that this is perfectly okay. When I speak with my friends, they will point to times in the Scripture that God commanded everyone to be killed in a certain town, and they, this would include babies, presumably, or so they argue. So... Of course, I'm, I'd say you're looking at apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. That's that's a deflection argument that has nothing to do with abortion. But with that said, let's explain what the abortion uh, bill to pass the Senate does. Uh, it was passed two years ago that said that if the federal government ever decided they were going to really force the abortion issue and uh, the state uh, and they and they said it was illegal. There was a trigger mechanism within the law that said Arkansas would immediately make abortion illegal as well. All right, so that was there. So over the last two years, they've been talking about it and say, well, why should we wait until what the federal government says? We'll say it, and uh, you know, people are going to fight against it, and we can maybe get it up to the Supreme Court. And they'll have to say whether what we're trying to do is law or not law. I think it's a pretty good strategy. (laughs) So what do you guys think? Oh, yeah, it's a great strategy. But there's two things. First, you can't compare like what you just said about about God telling Israel to go and wipe out an entire group of people. Yes, there there were women and children even until one point to kill all the animals. And I use the um, example in our modern day of ISIS. Uh, but only God knows the hearts of men and women and children. And if God said to go in there and wipe every single individual out, it was because he knew there, were, there was no hope. There was no salvation. There was no repentance. There was no way that anything was going to change. And that's between God and God, right? He's the one that was allowed to command that. <clears throat> um, and it's a very similarity to what's happened in, in Israel when they were offering their children with, with Molech. Um, so... There's a sense of um, idolatry. There's also a commandment in Torah that says that if two men fight and they um, knock into a woman and that woman miscarries and the baby dies, then life for life, right? So it tells us right there that God says life begins in conception and in the womb. Now, what I would say is, yes, of course we support it, but I would challenge the church to say, are you ready? Because if we stop aborting them, are you ready to adopt them? Mm Mm-hmm. We got to be ready to take them and not just go. Hey, great! They're no longer aborted. Now give them all to the state to care. That's not the call to the body. So we've got to make sure that we're ready 
to receive the children that will no longer be murdered. All right. 30 seconds. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of ways that you can get involved to help that you can you can actually uh, the governor said, if I get 50,000 uh, signatures, I will sign it if it makes it to my desk. I think right now there's over 66,000. But you can you can you can actually petition. You can go to uh, uh, I don't know all the names, of the websites. I think you can go to Jason dot com and you can sign up for that uh, petition as well. So uh, uh, be proactive and uh, and support life. All right. Here's Rush. Okay, so last week, if you were following, the Equality Act passed in the House. And what does that mean? It hasn't passed in the Senate yet. It hasn't passed in the Senate to become law. But it has passed in in the, the House. How is this going to change, um, you know, America? And I did not realize until just recently with this piece of legislation – I understood what it meant as far as boys that identify, quote, as girls, et cetera, playing high school sports with the girls or running track or whatever, and how and, uh, and, and how unequal that really is, all right? And this Equality Act, though, does not fall under RIFRA. Now, that's really, really important. When I heard that, my ears went straight up in the air at that point and jared eckert is with us from the heritage foundation i'd like him to kind of talk about this and and jared just so you know you're you're on my segment of my show where we call it the bible guys and we have uh, scott stewart uh, the uh, pastor over at uh, agape church and and uh, steve hess is here he's a pastor as well and they're going to have some questions for you about do they need to rewrite bylaws and stuff like that for their houses of worship? So let's start off by saying, how does this change everything since it doesn't fall under RIFRA? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, great to be with you this morning. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start off by just saying Americans should never have to live in, in fear of being penalized for their most deeply held beliefs. But the Equality Act would really force every American to agree with a government-imposed ideology or be treated as an outlaw. Um, you know, the Equality Act gives the government power to dictate what we can think, say, even do regarding gender and sex. And, and this is a gross violation of our, our most basic constitutional freedoms. Um, you know, while the, while the Constitution protects every citizen's freedom of speech and the exercise of religion, even when that leads to disagreement, um, the Equality Act would would really turn these disagreements uh, over biological sex and marriage, you know, things that are very critical for the church's uh, uh, worldview and, and understanding, uh, in, into legal discrimination. So um, I think the most important thing uh, for people to realize that if, if this gets signed into law, uh, religious freedom and conscience rights will be demolished. Hmm. that's a that's a strong word mm. demolish demolish yeah how would it how would it stand up to uh the constitution that guarantees are the, the that the government cannot make a a law regarding the establishment of religion and so forth or creation of yeah. Religion, yeah preventing the free exercise thereof. right or permitting that yeah if our exercise of our religion would be to exercise things that would be in conflict with this how, how i mean how could that even be done if the constitution already guarantees just the opposite yeah, um, obviously, 
you know, uh, my team over at the Heritage Heritage, uh, you know, thinks that the Constitution is, is the is the foundation uh, for all other um, rights that we have as American citizens. Uh, so, yeah, <clears throat> what we see is that, as you have already mentioned, this uh, really guts um, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which um, <clears throat> basically says that the federal government cannot uh, substantially burden the exercise of religion without demonstrating uh, a compelling government interest uh, that is accomplished through the least restrictive means possible. Um, this uh, RIFRA applies to, it kind of applies across the board, um, except when it's explicitly stated that it does not apply. And um, the Equality Act is one of these uh, rare laws that we have seen um, that actually makes, uh, that excludes uh, um, RIFRA from applying um, to, to matters of gender ideology and, and sex. So, again, um, yeah, this, this bill demolishes existing civil rights and constitutional freedoms um, because it, it, uh, it, it exempts uh, the, um, it, and it, it guts RIFRA from applying. So people can't claim, uh, exceptions and exemptions by, uh, you know, on the grounds of conscience protections and, and, uh, religious exemptions. Now, do you think, and I, I brought this up to the pastor earlier, Bethel, which is one of the largest adoption agencies in the United States, it's a Christian agency, just has, has, for years, said that they will not consider same-sex people for adoption. Just yesterday made the statement that they will now start doing that. Is it because you think, as I do, I don't know if you think this or not, I think they see the writing on the wall and the problems that can come with this now. Yeah. Um, So because the Equality Act demolishes, again, conscience protections, uh, religious exemptions, uh, guts, RIFRA, um, <clears throat> what, what we'll see and what we've already started seeing, and this happened in Philadelphia in 2018, um, is that Christian, uh, you know, Catholic uh, adoption agencies will be penalized. Um, they'll be forced to shudder uh, if they don't go along um, with, again, the, the, the gender ideology that would be made the new orthodoxy through uh, uh, the signing and passing of uh, the Equality Act. So, yeah, I think I think um, that's that's where this that's what the bill will put the pressure will put the pressure on. You know, it's, it's accept this or be penalized. All right, I'm going to turn I'm going to turn it over to Scott and then to Steve, and they got some questions for you. Ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. So. so uh, you mentioned in the very beginning it's going to affect what we uh, what we're allowed to to say. So, are you meaning that um, for someone to to preach the gospel, talking about um, um, using pronouns or using God's description of God is the head of man, man is the head of woman? I mean, are we able? Will it attack things like that, or is it or is it different more? directed at individuals? I mean, I mean, what do you mean when it's going to affect what we say? Yeah. So 
by eliminating conscience protections and religious exemptions from existing civil rights law, um, by making, uh, again, this destructive gender uh, identity ideology um, kind of the new orthodoxy of the day, um, it basically what we'll see is that it will, um, it will pressure religious organizations. Um, it can even uh, pressure them um, if they, say, receive federal assistance to help run, say, like, uh, like a women's shelter or food pantries. Um, any, any religious organization that receives that kind of money um, will certainly uh, be pressured into adopting transgender policies, whether for their bathrooms, things like that, when, mm. when functioning in that capacity. Um, <clears throat> as far as speech, you know, I think what we need to see is that the Equality Act just makes uh, gender ideology such a blanket uh, um, category and doesn't really define it. It's, it's you know, uh, we can look at someone's skin color, we can look at someone's uh, biological sex, you know, we can, we can observe those as objective facts, but uh, uh, gender identity is, is subjective. And so there's no knowing, you know, um, who, who goes by what pronouns, who goes uh, by what gender identity. And so, but by making uh, anti-discrimination laws on this kind of broad and subjective uh, concept, I mean, there's no knowing who could be liable, you know, to, to, uh, discrimination charges. So um, we've seen this across the states where SOGI, um, sorry, where um, these policies, sexual orientation, gender identity are written into civil rights statutes. Um, it just gets messy. No. So there's no, there's no knowing um, how far this, this could go. So, yeah. Right, Steve, you had a question. I, I was just wondering if things like, um, Obviously, you could see where there could be hiring. Is it going to be like hiring quotas? Is it going to be forced upon uh, churches to uh, or those other kind of the adoption agencies and like that that you referenced? That not only are they going to have to offer bathrooms, but are they going to have to hire a certain amount of people that identifies transgender? Or um, can we also protect ourselves in a sense and just go, hey, if people, if you know people who are transgender trying to apply for a position, uh, how would you be able to just go? say we're not hiring that person without telling them why. Is that something that will be a way to kind of protect and just go, well, we've made a decision that, you know, we, we've hired somebody else or whatever without giving reason. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think what, again, we need to keep in mind is that there's just, because this is so broad and, uh, gender identity, it's, it's so subjective. Hmm. Um, anyone who feels, you know, discriminated against could easily make charges, uh, could bring charges against an organization they, they feel discriminated against, even if that's, um, you know, not, not the case at all. Um, I think what, what we should really look at as well is again, you know, um, more public facing ministries of, of churches again, like women's shelters, um, like food pantries, these places, um, you know, uh, the Equality Act will redefine requirements for federal funding. Um, it will redefine public public accommodation. So basically, you know, just about anything you can think of would apply. So um, if the if the church is doing a, a women's shelter, you know, they will uh, have to be forced to accept biological males into that space. It's 
uh, um, it's because that's a public-facing ministry. Uh, if they're doing a food pantry, they uh, may be pressured into having transgender bathroom policies, you know, all, all of these sorts of things. Even if they don't um, take government funding, even if it's just purely private? Yeah, even if it's even if it's if it's a public facing ministry yeah. that could be defined as a public accommodation wow. under the Equality Act, um, there's there's a good chance that um, yeah churches would be pressured into to making accommodations to that. All right, Jared, if you if you'll hang in there with you, we'll we'll be right back. I got to get a break in, uh, and we'll, we'll continue this conversation. It's a very important conversation right now. This really will change the way uh, religious organizations have to deal with this issue. It's all happening here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about David Lucas, the ultimate retirement planning checklist. Need to get a copy of this so that you can check off all the questions that he's got so that your, your, uh, uh, your, you know, your retirement doesn't go off the rails, so to speak. The, here's the key. You don't want to outlive your money. You outlive your money, you're going to find yourself in tight situation. Uh, call 501-222-3315. Be one of the first 10 callers at 501-222-3315 and get one of these or go to davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, back with you. we got last segment here of the show today on a Tuesday, and I'm getting bombarded on uh, emails and on you know, tweets and, and stuff saying, oh, my God, I never I didn't think, think they were going this far. I have warned you that this was coming, that they've been working on this. Now, I'll be honest that I was totally caught off guard that they didn't have RIFRA apply to the Equality Act. That is a devastating move. Mm-hmm by the left it really really is our guest is jared eckert he's with us from the heritage foundation jared this is going to end up in the supreme court there's no doubt about it this is going to be a fight i mean we just we just had the attorney general of our state and the women's gop caucus uh start legislation to keep boys uh, biological boys what's on their birth certificate from competing in girls sports now that goes right against this uh, now, this, if this passes, becomes federal law, this will have to be fought out in the court system. I mean, how long do you think this is going to take before we finally have a, a firm feel about where we're going to be at with the Equality Act or with, with RIFRA? Will RIFRA win, so to speak? Yeah, well, thankfully, uh, we think that it will experience some difficulty in the Senate, Um unless uh, the Democrats try to uh, do something, um, you know, tricky either through budget reconciliation or if they abolish uh, the legislative filibuster. But right now, it, it, as things stand, it, re- it will require 60 votes from the Senate. Um, and we think that that is unlikely. But again, uh, one of the things that we're, we have to do, all of us, um, you know, every American, as well as those of us who are working on the Hill, um, is we have to educate people. We have to we have to make sure that they know what this bill really is. And this is, you know, a Trojan horse mm-hmm. uh, for the left, uh, the left ideology. Um, and 
<clears throat> and it's just showing that uh, it, it's a perfect example that that uh, they will stop at nothing um, to to again to redefine you know what what is orthodox when it comes to gender and and sex and marriage. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, that if this is a huge threat. Um, we uh, yeah we want to make sure um, that the Senate is is informed to make the right decision. Uh, is there anything that uh, the churches or religious organization, parachurch organizations can do uh, to protect ourselves in um, against? I mean, if the Senate, you know, if the Senate does pass this, and I'm assuming if they do, that Biden would. Uh, would oh, sign he's already said he'll sign it. So, um, is there anything that can be done um, to protect ourselves? Yeah. Well, I think you know. Uh, before conjecturing what might happen, you know, after, you know, whatever happens in the, in the Senate, um, I think the first thing people can do is, again, get informed. Um, you can do this by uh, going to heritage, heritage.org slash uh, gender. You can go to um, the Daily Signal, which is uh, Heritage's uh, news source mm-hmm. uh, website, um, and just stay up to date on Equality Act news and commentary by um, me and, and my colleagues. Um, you know, you can, there are also other initiatives, uh, such as the Promise to America's Children, which is uh, really a, a coalition of national, state, and grassroots uh, organizations um, working together to fight bad legislation and to protect uh, uh, good legislation. Uh, and to, to get that passed through, I think, you know, it is good to see that I think just about over half, uh, half or just over half of, of the states have introduced legislation to protect women's sports. Um, we do see that Congress being, uh, or that uh, legislation being introduced into Congress uh, uh, by Representative Stewie and, and Senator Mike Lee. Um, so, so there is a lot of movement on these, on these issues. Right. Um, as far as what will happen afterwards, I, I think you're right. We'll have to. This will have to be battled um, in the courts. But uh, I don't. I don't think uh, we. I, I do think, like I said, it, um, what we saw uh, is that uh, a, a number of Republicans were were more informed about the Equality Act in the House, and um, I think there were five less that voted for it this time than last time. So you know that's. Uh, obviously, we don't. Uh, the House doesn't have the numbers um, uh, to to fight this uh, legislation, but the Senate does. So, I think uh, it's it's really worth uh, focusing on on the hope that there is and and the fight that there there is before us um, in the Senate. So, um, the, yeah, the best thing people can do is get informed um, on this and and defend their freedom. Absolutely. So, Jared, uh, one last question for me. Um, you'd mentioned that um, you know if you if you have a if there's a public organization or something that's open to the public, they would have to comply with these different uh, things contained in the Equality Act. Um, as a church, is if we were to, and this may be completely a nonsensical, but but what if the church decided, okay, we're going to we're going to make ourselves a a private organization. In other words, you, you have to you have to be a member to um, you know like a you know like a, like a Costco. You have to be a member of this club 
in order to get in. You may bring a visitor with you or something like that, but you have to be a member. If you become a private club, does that then stop a lot of the um, the the mandate that would be in this particular act? Yeah, I, again, I think this is tricky because it, it will depend on, uh, you know, if you have any public-facing uh, ministry, um, there's still ways that this... Uh, this legislation can can seriously devastate uh, religious organizations. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I think it's I think it's just really worth um, you know reminding ourselves and, and seeing the Equality Act for what it is. Right. Um, that even if uh, different caveats are are made and, and we try to find solutions, that this legislation uh, will leave uh, no no American untouched um, and just you know, to, to add to this as well, I mean, not only are we talking, you know, uh, important protections for women and girls that will be erased by this, I mean, we're also talking about unborn children. Um, this, this law leaves no American uh, untouched uh, from, from the devastating impact of um, eliminating religious freedom. Jared Eckert, thank you so much for your time from the Heritage Foundation. I have you folks on quite often on my show. You do a fantastic job. Heritage.org forward slash gender for more information. Thank you, Jared. Have a great day. We'll talk to you you. later. And uh, that that wraps it up, Scott and Steve. Thank you much. Gave you something to think about the rest of the week. (laughs) I'm Dave Ellswick. Back with you tomorrow, 6 a.m. God, I will serve the Lord.